Okay, so uh, back at it. It is time for the Pistols Firing Podcast with your hosts, yours truly, Carson Cunningham. I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. When he breaks through and gets in the open, it's over. Gone. The Pistols Firing Podcast starts right now. We are back at it. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Kyle Porter. Kyle, I'm I'm rested up. I guess you got back from Austin yesterday. Uh, obviously, we witnessed a another. You know, the the saying goes, "Keep Austin weird." Well, every time Oshu plays in Austin, it gets very, very weird. And that was kind of that was kind of the vibe I got. Um, it was it was an electric atmosphere, uh, despite all the empty seats, which I'm, I'm not sure what what that was all about it was kind of like they had sections blocked off but uh did you enjoy the game watching from the shed uh yeah i I did you know i i thought it was i don't know it's weird because the texas osu games have been pretty choppy over the last few you know last year's was good especially from oklahoma state's perspective It, it flowed pretty well but you know 17 was so weird offensively even 15 was kind of all over the place with all the penalties. And I don't know. It, it it seems like these are two pretty good teams that play these sort of choppy games that don't really are, are not necessarily emblematic of how good their programs are. Yeah. I mean, I, f- I feel like one of the, one of the trademarks of this game is just calamitous turnovers. I mean, especially by Texas over the years. <laughs> and we saw that we saw Ramon, so, Ramon, Ramon. I mean, I'm, I mean, the calamitous interceptions from OSU. I mean, even Mason Rudolph threw some yeah. picks in Austin that were just inexplicable. Small hands, Spencer, really. Spencer had one as well. Um, but no, it's just to me, Kyle, and, and we can dive into it. Um, you know, the first of our our first five that you have written down is: Did OSU give the game away? And, and I, I say no. I thought I thought OSU was fortunate to be in the game with the muff punts. I thought kept them in it. That that late touchdown in the first half off the muff punt, really brought them back into the game. Uh, and and just, to me, Texas tried to do what Texas always does against OSU, and that's screw it up. OSU just could not take advantage. So I, I think Texas was the better team. I think if they don't muff the two punts, which it's it's an easy if, but if they don't do that, Kyle, they're, they're pretty much in control throughout, throughout the entire game. So that's kind of where I stood on it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, can we talk about mid-first before we get to the first five? Oh, my bad. I'm, I'm freelancing here. <laughs> you're, I'm ready to get to it. You're off script. At the bit. You're just, <laughs> so the, the Pistols Firing Podcast, Karsten, as you know, now sponsored by MidFirst Bank. Um, we're happy to have them. They've been a, a great partner so far. And uh, you can go check them out. MidFirst.com slash Pistols Firing. MidFirst.com slash Pistols Firing. Uh, you can sign up for a, an OSU credit card there. Uh, it, it's got, uh, I believe it's got Pistol Pete on it. Uh, you get a $150 bonus. Uh, you can earn points. There's a Bursar rewards option. So uh, pretty cool thing that they're offering uh, to Pistols Firing listeners, Pistols Firing podcast listeners. So check them out, midfirst.com slash Pistols Firing. Uh, Carson, I so the, the, the thing that I keep going back to with all of this and, and you – sort of uh i think you sort of got at it when you're talking about the way that the game unfolded it's it's baylor in 2016 
you're at Baylor in 2016 and you've got all these opportunities. You're inside the red zone. You're inside the 10 and Justice Hill fumbles and Justice Hill fumbles and, and you throw a pick and you do all these different things. And it's like you walk away and you're like, which team was better now? You know, like I and I get it. Like, I think Texas is probably a little bit better than Oklahoma State. They're missing a lot of guys. I think Ellinger is pretty good. Like I was impressed with what he did. I think he's he's just more mature, mature than than Sanders is. And uh, but I don't know. I I just I, I feel like you walk away from that game with a little bit of an empty feeling of like, man, you know, uh, Garen Emig of, of the Tulsa World. He pointed this out. Oklahoma State uh, gets to on consecutive drives in the second half. They get to Texas's like their nine, their eleven, and their twenty-two yard line, and they walk away with just three points. And that's the game right there, you know. And I don't know. It got a little weird at the end because Texas was trying to run clock, and Oklahoma State was not really doing anything. So I don't know that you can look at the final score and say, "Well, if they would have just scored one more touchdown or whatever," because Texas wasn't really trying to score at the end. But uh, I don't know. I, I walk away a little bit uh, empty in terms of the way Oklahoma State kind of played and especially in the second half yeah I mean the story of the game was the the red zone offense or lack thereof from OSU how about how about these numbers from from Barry Trammell OSU had nine plays inside the 10 yard line yeah they were all run they were all runs not one pass yep they had 23 plays inside the 22 yard line and they had four passes I mean to me it's just it's crazy to me Kyle they just kept trying to run the football and and you mentioned all the opportunities they had like to me, I don't I don't look at it so much as like the, the way the Baylor game played out in 2016 because the way the results to me isn't the most disappointing part. The result of not scoring touchdowns, the result of uh, settling for field goals. To me, the disappointing part is is the way in which they settled for those those three points. Here we go. I mean, to to set up in just obvious run heavy formations and goal line formations and just trying to overpower Texas mm. when they when they absolutely know what's coming was terrible coaching. That is a horrible coaching. And and I tweeted this during the game or during the latter stages of the game. Sean Gleason was hired. And one of the main takeaways everyone had if you, everywhere you read was, man, this guy is creative. He is deceptive near the, in the red zone. And I just I just fired off a bunch of retweets this morning. I just looked up some Princeton offense from when he was the OC. I mean, there is motion. There is they're in spread formations on the five yard line. That's what you do against Texas. You don't line up and and, and goal line and go here. You go Chuba. Just go go ahead O, o- line. Let's let's just run them over. I mean, Mike Gundy thinks it's 1980 still with that with that line of thinking, and I just I thought it was horrible. And 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 to me, it lends it it raises the question: Who's calling the place? Well, I thought you wrote a good you wrote a good piece on this on pistols firing. That that to me is the biggest takeaway I have in this game is Mike. And I think we saw a lot of this too when Yursich was first hired, didn't we? Remember the West Virginia yeah. game? Everyone's like, why are they still running the football? They cannot like it's the same thing. Nothing has changed. The head coach is the same, and and the offensive philosophy is the same. Yeah, the, I, there's a lot going on here. I, I did write about this on Sunday, and I, I you know, I, I don't. I think the, I think it's a real question, like who's in charge, like who who gets the final call, because I don't think anybody knows. I don't know if I. I think there are times inside the organization that people don't know, and uh, 
you know, Gundy does his little like song and dance and, you know, tells the jokes about, well, when it goes well, I'm in charge. And when it doesn't, you know, somebody else is in charge. And it's like, is that, is that actually a joke or is that like, is that how this is actually going? You know, a reader brought this up. Uh, I forgot who it was. I'm sorry. Whoever it was, this was a good idea. But he said, you know, it's unfortunate that Oklahoma State doesn't have four receivers that are like six, six or taller inside the red zone <laughs> and a quarterback that can roll out and, and get it to him. And it, I don't know. I get it. Like she was the best back in the country or, or whatever, but 37 carries like when it's not working. And, you know, I thought Texas, I thought Texas did a good job against Chuba against Thailand. And you, I wrote about this uh, on Monday morning. You got to have a third option. Like who's your guy? Is it Dylan Stoner? I, I don't know. Maybe is it CJ Moore? I haven't really seen him. Is it Jordan McRae? I think it could be. I think Jordan McRae is pretty good. So, yeah, it was disappointing that they weren't more uh, creative when they. And, and I feel like they didn't let Spencer go either. Like they didn't let him. Um, they did on the first drive, right? So he finds Stone over the middle. He finds Wolf on that sick, uh, like thirty-yard pass to get down to the five, and then they kind of just like reeled him in a little bit and uh well, i don't do you know think that is i don't know why is that maybe maybe it's on him maybe that's well, his decision making well i think if you go back and watch those plays that to me looks more like gleason that looks like his offense that that, yeah. that roll out to the right and throwing it deep to stoner over the defense like that was a hallmark of, of, of gleason's offense and i think to me, and look, this is pure speculation. People like tried to comment on that tweet that I made about it. Like, you're just speculating. W- well, yeah, that, that's all we have to go on because Gundy's not going to come out and say, yeah, I'm calling the plays. He's not going to say that. And look, we've asked him. I've asked him several times in person. Who, like, who's making the decisions down there? And, and it's always a vague non-answer. So, I mean, we're not going to know. So I'm speculating in that when they get down there, Gundy gets on the headset and says, run the football. And Gleason was quoted as saying this after the game. He said, Gundy got on the headset and said, run the ball to Chuba. So that to me, it, it's not it's not a big mystery what's going on here. I mean, he, he said, look, Sean, I hired you from Princeton, but I call the shots. And when I get on the headset and tell you to do something, you're going to do it. Yeah, That's that pretty was, much how it's working. The Gleason quote was weird because there was like, it was like 345 left when Texas botched that second uh, punt return. And Oklahoma State's down, uh, what were they down, 13 at the time, 36-23? And you're like, okay, well, finally, like, there's, you know, well, they'll let Spencer go, like, the, the something will happen. First play, handoff to Chuba. And you're like, what in the there's like, yeah. There's like 200 seconds left in the game. What are you doing? And Gleason, <laughs> and Gleason said afterward, he was like, he, he, and the way he phrased it I thought was so weird. He said, Gundy – said you you can still run the ball so like he he the way he phrased it was like Gundy was still giving him the option but like when your boss tells you 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 can still do this right like what are you gonna do like you you probably should do that thing and and so yeah I thought that I thought that whole thing was weird do you want to talk about uh you want to talk about how good Sanders looked not yet I'm not done okay let's Um, go keep going and to me this and I was getting like Deja vu flashbacks. Just let's let's rewind to 2017 in Austin. Okay. Remember that game? They they're they're playing the high safety on Washington. They're just trying to run justice the entire game. Very similar, right? Yeah. There's just something about playing Texas where Gundy just thinks like, okay, they're taking this away. We have to punish them by by running the football. 
Well, no, like he did that in 2017. I don't know how they won that game in overtime. I still don't know how they won that game. 2015, Mason throws a couple interceptions. Gundy gets just mortified, takes takes Rudolph out of the game and is running off tackle on, on second and long, puts Walsh in and runs the quarterback veer on third and 13. Yeah. Punts. Punts with like a minute or two left. I'll have to get, I should have pulled up the play by play, but my memory serves me correct. He punts just like he did in this game instead of going for it on fourth down. He's running the quarterback veer on third and long and just somehow Texas gives the game away. That they dropped the punt. We all know how that game played out in 2015. So this is not the first time where Gundy just refused to throw the football because he was scared of throwing an interception. That, that, this has happened three straight years in Austin. So I don't know why I'm surprised that this will happen because this is what we see every single time they go to Austin. It, to me, it's just it's weird. It, it, it reminds you of the 2016 Bedlam game in Norman when they just kept trying to run the football when they were down. It's like at some point you got Mason Rudolph, you got Spencer Sanders. Throw the football. What are you doing? Not one target for for Tylen Wallace in the red zone. I just thought it was one of the most poorly coached games I've ever seen from Mike Gundy. It, to me, it's right there with 2016 Bedlam as far as games in which you, you walk away thinking, man, they didn't even put their best foot forward just coaching-wise and play calling and schemes. That's just – that was my takeaway. Look, Texas is – as you, to your point, Sam Ellinger is a good quarterback. They were in control most of that game. To me, that's not the disappointing part. The disappointing part is you didn't really try anything. You didn't really <laughs> – you didn't really game plan. I mean, that juxtapose the lack of creativity in the red zone of OSU with what Texas was doing. I mean, how about the reverse flea flicker to a wide-open player? Yeah, that's the type of stuff I expected to see when they hired Sean Gleason. Well, and, and, weird, and Tom Herman said they installed that this week. The and weird, Mike Gundy says they they're running plays they ran against Tulsa. Like <laughs> that's going to work? Are you kidding me? I don't know. I, I, I thought it was a horrible performance by Gundy and company. Yeah, it wasn't their best. Uh, the weird part, Carson, is like you look at last year's OSU Texas game, right? And you're like, yeah, that do that stuff. Like they opened it up and. I don't know if I like, does Gundy just need to be like a three touchdown underdog to like try stuff? It's almost Apparently. like if, if team, if, if he's even like remotely in the neighborhood in terms of like how good his team is against the team that he's playing, like he just won't. I mean, how many, like how many times are you going to hand it off to Chuba for like two and a half yards? Like how many times do you have to do that before you try something, something different? Yeah, I mean, and again, it, I don't have so much problem with hand, handing it to Chuba 37 times. Is that too many? Probably. To me, it's the way you're handing it to him. Like, you're lining up in power formations, just telling Texas to tee off on your offensive line that hasn't blocked well all night. That, to me, is the problem. If you're, if you're running, like, spread, you know, motion stuff to get him out in space, like, okay. But just, yeah, it, it just looked like they were pounding their head against the brick wall and, and trying to stick to a game plan that, hadn't worked and that to me is the most disappointing part but, but we can talk about sanders now well i i thought just last thing on that to kind of cap it I, I thought the offensive line was was pretty disappointing right it's kind of been like okay oregon state wow eh, might be pretty good and then mcneese you're like eh, i don't know and then tulsa they look better you know chuba has 250 and you're like oh you know yeah they're good and then t Texas, and you're like, uh, they might not be good. I don't know. It's been like two steps forward, one step back for them so far. 
and and with how intent Gundy is on running the ball, if your offensive line's not working, or if or if or if you're going up against a, a defensive line that's just that much, but apparently more dominant or having a better night, it's just it's not going to look very pretty. And I don't know. I just I mean we can use this to transition into Sanders. I thought he was. You know, he made some bad plays. Obviously, he's like still does dumb stuff because that's his fourth game. The interception, the first interception, was uh, was horrendous. One probably that will go down as the worst pass of the uh, of the Spencer Sanders era of his career, probably. <laughs> um, but then, I mean, the late run. Are you serious with that? Is that the best run by a quarterback in Oklahoma State history? I mean, I know, um, I know, Tony, we, Tony I know against Texas, Tony Lindsay against Texas is up there. I know Whedon had some, you know, scampers, but, uh, that was unreal. I mean, he, I don't know. I think he's yes. special. No, I, mean, I thought it was so impressive, Kyle, the, the, the interception you mentioned, like you make that pick, Texas goes into scores. The play, the place is just rocking. And I thought in that moment, man, we're really going to find out what, what Sanders is made of. And you watch him, the way he handled that and just the way he played throughout. The, he was the best player on the field for OSU. I mean, by, yeah. by, by lar- large margin, in my opinion. And to me, it just all the hype surrounding him, the Mr. Texas football, the highlights we had seen at Denton Ryan. To me, the hype became a reality. That is the player we thought he was supposed to be is what we saw against, against is, Texas. He is who we thought he would be. Exactly. And he just looked, Kyle, to me, like he was born to play in, in that type of environment. It just didn't look like it phased him. I thought he was terrific in the post game afterwards, talking like yeah. a pro. I mean, I just could not have been more impressed. And I, I agree with you. I mean, Sam Presti taught us a few years ago that scared money don't make none. And mm. felt like Mike Gundy was playing scared money, not letting Spencer loose i know he made some big plays in the throwing game you mentioned the the opening drive i mean he's throwing to guys not named tylen wallace he could have been it just felt like they left so many points on the table on their own doing not necessarily what texas was doing yes texas was controlling the line of scrimmage that's nothing new against oklahoma state but man he he really he, he's a dynamic runner kyle he looks like a running back back there taking yeah. off and, to your point about the run he had and just to me, it it's just it's it's a great performance. It's just man, you you really do wish they would have just said, you know what, if we're going down, we're going down with the arm of of Sanders. And I would have spread him out. I would have let him see if if it's man coverage, take off. Like just go just go spread it out, and if it's not there, take off and just see what do that for a few plays as opposed to we're gonna get under <laughs> we're gonna get under center and hand it off to Chuba thirty six times. Well, and that was the first. That was the frustrating part is that you look at the game and it's like it's like they were so intent on whatever they wanted to do and it's like look this is what it is like it, it this is this is the thing that the last 2 years have been pointing toward is this game is letting Sanders go let it, like just let him do whatever he God, I like hit my microphone I'm so I'm so like just fired up right now um let him do whatever he needs to do to get the job done. And, and, and some of this, I don't think this is all in the coaches. I think, I think some of it is like, does he even get to like his second and third and fourth read sometimes? Maybe not. You know, there are times when it's like, 
wow, you're throwing to Thailand with like two and a half guys on him. Like, I, I don't know about that. Um, but man, he just, I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm with you. Like it felt like it was there for the taking. You've got Sanders who's just freaking dynamic and awesome. Just go do it. And they, they just wouldn't do it. They just refused to let it go uh, to run the plays they needed to run and, and to go get the wind. And, and that's just, I don't know, that frustrates me because it felt like it was there. By the way, the, the run, the first run that Sanders had uh, for the first touchdown that OSU scored, it wasn't from that far out. I think they were on like the 15 or 10 or something like that. That was an unbelievable run. It looked like he was going to be stopped at like the eight and then at the five. And somehow you like barely gets touched. And, mm-hmm. and it's just like, this guy's on. I mean, he is, you know, there's a lot of stuff he needs to improve on. Uh, his reads, it needs to slow down for him, as Gundy would say. But he is going to be awesome. <clears throat> the pass he had to Braden Johnson inside oh this one. I was, I was in this. I was there, and I think you had to be there to see just how high and just the velocity of it. I, yeah. I, I don't know if you – on TV, they had the high angle, and you don't really get to see the ball in the air as much. It was jaw-dropping. It was the best throw I've seen an OSU quarterback make probably since probably since you know any of the passes Whedon had. But that, that Whedon pass to Blackman in the Colorado game where he just off one foot just lasered it to the corner, this was – a stunning throw and confirmed the belief that he has one of the best arms to ever come to Stillwater. It well, was wh- wh- why unbelievable. Not, why not more of that Carson? Why not? I mean, they're clearly like, and Tom Herman basically like made a sign and like went at midfield and like held it up to the Oklahoma state sideline. We are taking away Chuba and Tylen. Chuba and Tylen will not get any yards. Why, why not? I mean, Braden Johnson deep, like why not? Why not throw that more? You know, like I just feel like there was so much there, and Oklahoma State's got a lot of playmakers, and I, God, I just feel like they didn't use them as well as they as they could have. Yeah, I mean, I got a text from Matt Amillion, who is like, you know, some people like certain players on the teams. His favorite player is always the <laughs> Cowboy backs, and he texted me during the game and said, "Why are we not utilizing the Cowboy backs at all?" And to your point, yes. I mean, and and another reason this is bad coaching, Kyle. Texas is one eighteen in the country in pass defense. Yeah, they're not they're not good. They're banged up. They're missing guys. Like that's the, that's the way you need to be exploiting them. And if they're doubling Tylen, this should be easy pitch and catch. If you just <laughs> spread them out a little bit, get them into open space. I mean, it just it was just such poor game planning first off and then adjustments there were no adjustments made throughout the entire game that to me was the most frustrating part yeah it was uh Braden Johnson number three on the team in receiving yards by the way he's averaging 42 and a half yards a catch <laughs> he's he's like uh oh Isaiah Anderson that game against yeah. tech or tech where he had like just three bomb touchdowns yeah it's he like, like all he catches is bombs he had like 230 yards receiving on like three catches three touchdowns it was like the ninth best performance in lsu history um okay there were a lot of like little things that happened throughout uh i don't know which one you want to touch on but the three that i wrote down the fake field goal uh and then the sanders first down spot at the goal or at the four yard line and then all of texas's injuries is there anything that that's any of those three that stood out to you well, let's talk about all three. I mean, let's start with <laughs> why let's not? Start with the, let's start with the fake field goal. Look, everyone knows like it was a bad call. Like, 
And I know there's this sentiment that if you call a fake and it doesn't work, well, then it's a bad call. But if it works, you're a genius. But no, to me, the, the, the setup of it, when it you get to delay a game and it turns into fourth and six, you're still thinking in your head, okay, we're going to have our holder throw a shovel pass to our tight end, and he's going to run for six yards through just a a mass of humanity. Like There was just a mass of people in the way. Where exactly was he going to go when he caught it is my question. Maybe around the edge, but this is Jelani Woods. He's 6'8". I mean, this is not Chuba that you're tossing it to to get around the edge. The design was horrible. The 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 fact that you still ran it on fourth and six was horrible. I, I do like the element of surprise because that was really the only time they tried to surprise Texas the entire game. Uh, but no, it was it was a horrible call. And the fact they still ran it after the delay of game was was mind-numbing. I kind of liked it. As in you like car crashes? I did. <laughs> you're, okay, That's what so that was. That was a disaster. Your point, your point about the play, like the play was not was not good. Like get get Jelani out in the open. Like what the hell? Like what 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 part of like Jelani Woods is, is is saying like oh yeah, he needs to like be behind some linemen. That's a good idea. What yeah. I mean I that part I don't get. Get him like down the field or so, something. I mean, he's six eight. Like he's the biggest guy in the stadium. Um, Throw it straight up in the air and let him just <laughs> nestle under it and just moss everyone who tries to get in his way. But I did like the call because you want to call a fake, a fake pun, a fake field goal when nobody thinks it's coming. And in that situation, after they take the delay of game, nobody thinks that's coming. So I, I like the idea of a fake field goal in that situation, but you're right. The play was, was pretty terrible. It was, it was terrible. I mean, I like, just, I don't put, put it, I, if you're going to go for it, put it in Spencer's hands. Like, come on. I, what are we doing here? I don't love the idea that one of Oklahoma state's most promising drives in a game that it could have won ended with a Jake McClure, uh, incompletion to Jelani Woods. That's not, that's not how I envisioned Saturday night going. It was funny. I looked at the box score after the game, just kind of looking over it. And like, I did like a double take when I saw pass, <laughs> pass attempts and I saw Jake McClure. I was like, wait, what? Oh, yeah. He's the one that threw the, he's the holder. I, I was like, who the hell is Jake McClure? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I gotcha. Okay. The Sanders first down spot uh, on the drive before this one. I mean, it was, yeah, a, first I mean, it was down. a It was a bad, it was a bad spot. I mean, yeah. I thought Herb Street did a really good job on the call explaining where his foot went out, but or where his foot wasn't out yet and the ball was hovering out of bounds. He's like, that's not out of bounds. That's not out of bounds. Boom, that's out of bounds. And you could tell just with the way he was describing it where they should mark the football, and they didn't, which, I mean, did anyone really think when they went to go review that they were going to get it spot on? I mean, I, I was fully expecting them to screw that up. So I, to me, it was a, it was a bad spot, but I thought, I thought Texas had some – I thought Texas had a lot of flags that were somewhat questionable. How about the little unnecessary roughness when they just – stop Chuba behind the line. I, you know, that Texas got some bad calls too. So I don't, I don't yeah. think that determined the game. No, not at all. Um, yeah, it, I, I thought more of the play after that. And this gets back into oh. the, the red zone stuff. It's like, what, what are you doing? Like, you're not, I mean, I, I don't know, man. Like you, you're trying to like out Texas, Texas, right? Like you're trying to, you're trying to like walk in there and be like our our offensive line is is way better than your defensive line. And it's like, dude, it's not. This isn't 2011. Like, well, and, and if I'm if I'm Texas defensive coordinator, what do I want OSU to do? 
I want them to do that. Put put everything yes. in a tight little tight little space, tight little window, and let my D line just tee off. You know what and I my don't want that, just tee off. You on. know you know what I don't want. I don't want freaking th- number three running around on a bootleg with number what number is Jelani eighty nine whatever he yeah. is running with him. That's terrifying. Like that's what I don't want as a defensive coordinator. And Oklahoma State they obliged. They didn't they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't they, I don't know, whatever. It, I mean uh, I mean Kyle, Kyle same plays ran against Tulsa. Just got just got to block it better. That's all you got to do. Like 60 like minutes of evidence that's, that that's, that's terrible. Happen. I mean that look, we 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 get on this podcast to break down OSU and I'm sure people think I'm being negative here, but I have to call a spade a spade. It was a terrible game plan. It was a terrible coaching performance from Mike Gundy. Was OSU going to win the game? Probably not. Texas was the better team. But they did not put their he did not put his team in position to succeed. He put them in a position to fail. And that to what? me is inexcusable. When Tom Herman basically said it after the game, he said he 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 said I went up to Gundy and said, you know, you've got a quarterback. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah. I wish I w- I wish Thanks Gundy, for not throwing a pass in the red zone. I wish Gundy would have realized that also. <laughs> I thought you wrote that in your 10 thoughts. Like, I wish you would have told him this before the game and informed him <laughs> in the, the pregame. Uh, okay. Uh, the other thing that kind of popped was, uh, no pun intended, was just all the. T- Does Texas have a strength and conditioning coach? Like, <laughs> do they. Do they. Like, is there, is there P at championship level? Because it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> uh, do they even lift, bro? I mean, yeah, they, they, now, I will say they did sustain some like actual serious injuries throughout the game, yeah, but like, yeah. come on, like it was like every, every series they would show a D lineman, just take a dive and Herb Street would have to call him out. And to me, it's with spread offenses and no huddle and the way college football has moved, they need to pass a rule that if, if you go down with an injury, you're out for the series. You're out yeah. for that series. And let's face it, those the guys who got like actually hurt, like they weren't coming back that series, if at all. So like to me it's not that it wouldn't be that big of a detriment. To me, it would make guys tough out, you know, the ones where they probably just needed a breather. And to me, that would limit the opportunities for defenses to to pull this when they're you know, getting the the no huddle run run down their throat. So I, I yeah. thought it, I thought it was bad look, but look, it's become so rampant. Every team does this type of stuff, but it's just really annoying to watch. Yeah, no, I agree. It was it was brutal. Uh, they did have some. I forgot who it was. One of their defensive backs, uh, like, just got obliterated by Chuba. Like Chuba, full speed Over. downhill. Yeah, that was that was rough. Okay. Jacked his shoulder up pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, okay. Last thing for the first five, uh, just reset expectations, Carson. What 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 are expectations? So this was like a real game, conference play. Gundy's lost six of his last eight Big Twelve openers. So I don't know that we can, you know, determine how the season's going to go based on this. But now we know who OSU is. Uh, just what are your expectations? And have they changed uh, before, like coming into this, from from what you expected coming into the Texas game? Um, I think they have changed somewhat, and I'm not I'm not ruling out Oklahoma State, you know, making a run and, and possibly getting into the Big Twelve Championship game. I'm not ruling that out, but to me, just with the way that game played out, with the lack of other options besides Chuba and and Tylen, it just 
to me, it shapes up like a prototypical Mike Gundy nine, possibly ten win season in that he'll beat the teams he's supposed to and will lose to the teams he views his teams not as good as because he yeah. will not open it up and will not play to win uh, in certain in certain areas. That, to me, is kind of the, the ceiling of this team. But I did think the defense, Kyle, like if they can just clean up the just – horrible busts in coverage like just the totally just leaving a guy wide open bust in coverage i thought they played pretty well for the most part they did you know they, they, did. they get the stop on fourth down they they get the, the turnover on downs there they get they intercepted sam ellinger which nobody's hardly able to do that was his yeah. first interception in like 160 passes if they can just shore up the big busts i think they're going to be you know somewhat okay on defense you know texas has a good offense they the points they scored they really earned i mean i thought ellinger made some great throws yeah if they can just clean that up Kyle, i think you know that they can contend with you know the teams and possibly get to to the big 12 championship i just i have concerns about the offense developing some other weapons which you illustrated earlier in the show yeah, I, but I think that like, you know, I I think you're gonna go out against like the K states of the world, and you're just you're just better than them, right? Like the stuff that doesn't work against a Texas is gonna work against a Kansas State, and then Gunny's gonna be like, see, you know, should have worked against Texas. Well, it didn't. Uh, so it it is. I mean. The hallmark of the Gundy era has been you, like you said, you beat teams you're favored against, and you lose to teams you're not. We're 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 sort of in this like uh, we've been thrown off by 2018 because it was the exact opposite. Like they beat all the teams that they shouldn't have, and they lost to the team. I mean, that was it was just bizarre. But <laughs> I think that's going to end up being an outlier of the Gundy era. Like that'll be the outlier year in terms of the way they perform. And so yeah, I th- I think I th- I'm with you. Like I think that I think my expectations have been raised. I think that they can be you know, Sanders is as consistently good as he was against and I get it. Like he threw two picks. It's not like he, you know, threw for 504 touchdowns, but he was so dynamic and he does so much for their offense. And I I'm with you. I thought the defense was was pretty good. Like we need to stop, and I get so annoyed by this. Like, w- what are people's expectations of a of an Oklahoma State defense, of a Big Twelve defense? LSU gave up thirty eight to Texas in Austin two weeks ago. It's not like, you know, do you do you expect like Oklahoma State to hold teams to twenty points? That will never happen. Like that is a thing that I can promise will never ever happen. So, like the expectations just need to be realistic. Like if you're holding teams around thirty like good teams like Texas around 30, 35, something like that. That's that is on 15, 14 possessions. That's pretty good. Like that's not, that's well, and it's not, it's not in a vacuum either. I mean, Sanders throws an interception to set Texas up inside. Yeah. You know, inside their territory. I mean, take that away. They hold them under 30 points. Yep. I mean, that's, that's the reality. And now, you know, Texas would have got the ball eventually, but I mean, they were put in a bad spot there. And they gave up a touchdown, but I mean, I thought they played well enough to win. To me, the offense let them down, which I I didn't think we were going to say after this game. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, Okay, let's get to the important stuff. This week's uni review brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. Be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Carson, you were right. You called it. Actually, I think we both called it. We both went orange, white, black for the uh the uniform combination what we didn't anticipate was the new helmet that's kind of what i want your main take on was the new uh chrome helmet with the with the pistol with the what was it scary pete crazy eyed pete whatever we're calling it on the side Fan- phantom pete i think's the official name 
What'd you think? Um, not to be a Debbie Downer, but Phantom Pete's my least favorite logo of yeah. any logo Oklahoma State has. Yeah. It looks cartoony and and I just it's not my favorite. I know people liked it. Everyone in the Slack chat was fired up. But I liked the orangeness of it. Like we've kind of been waiting for like kind of a matte orange yeah. helmet. And that was it. Uh, from the press box, Kyle, they look like the Cleveland Browns with the yeah. orange helmet, white jersey, and the black pants. Uh, but no, it's, it was a good look. I mean, they they decided they were going to wear orange, white, black from now on, I guess, at Texas. And I don't know. I just I thought a black brand would have been just pure fire if they put that on the helmet. You know, the updated brand in black. The Paisley Stripe isn't really my favorite. I much prefer the, the double stripes they had on the Patriot Pete helmet. Yeah, but um, but overall it was, it was a decent look. I, and look, I, as I've said before, I, I'm all for new things. So if they're willing to try something new, I'm I'm willing to to uh, oblige. Did you like that that helmet better than the huge Pete Chrome helmet that they usually wear at Texas? Mm, I think I like Big Pete better than Scary Pete. I think I might too, uh, which is weird because I don't like Big Pete at all, or Gargantuan Pete. I don't. But there's so many Petes. We we can't keep them all Big straight. Pete. There's Big Pete and there's Little Bo Pete that was on the little orange helmet they used to <laughs> little, have. Little Bo Pete is uh, that's, <laughs> that's elite. That's pretty good. Uh, I I like the helmets better in theory than I actually like them. I think that I thought they looked really good in pictures, and then you get on the field and it's like I don't know. It, it's okay. It kind of works, but not. I don't know. It looks kind of red. I, I don't know. I I didn't. Yeah. Did it look? It. Did it look a little reddish on TV? Yeah, for sure. Because in person, it just looked more of like Cleveland brown orange than OSU orange, which I, it's a very hard thing to pull off on the helmet. I, I understand that, but but I don't know. I thought it was a it was a good attempt. I, I think they I think they went with Phantom Pete because it's it's black. It's more black, and they're going to wear the black pants. I think they were doing that, and then the black numbers obviously on the jersey. So I think they were trying to be have some synergy there with with Phantom Pete. So yeah. I'll give them credit for the attempt. I just it's not my favorite logo. Yeah, now that I'm looking at it, I, I I probably liked it better than Gargantuan Pete. I like the black face mask. I think that's a good look. Mm-hmm. I do like that. Okay, Uni Heisman, who you got? Well, you took mine. Mm. So you go well, first. Can... I, I'll, I have a different one for you. So you okay. go first. I've got, uh, and by the way, Herb Street was struggling with this on, everybody was struggling with this. On who Saturday. wasn't? His his mom struggles with this last name. <laughs> Amen on Bond uh, I I can't I can't even like get his first name right. Amen Ogbong Bamiga. There we go. Uh he looked awesome. He was spatted up. The white spats on the black cleats is always a great look. Uh I Love thought it. he I thought he looked like a legit like college middle linebacker. I thought he looked awesome. When I played NCAA football for years and years, mostly in college, and you create a player didn't you 100% of the time put spats on him? Yeah. On what? Yeah. What? You're like it looks a fantastic. psycho if you didn't. That would be weird. Yeah. Hold on. I'm trying to pull up. They have Eamon's phonetic pronunciation on the roster. It's, it's I have Og, it. Ogbong Bamiga, I think is, is the right way to say it. Ogbong Bamiga. Yep. That's, that's it. Yeah, uh, he looked great. That's who I. That's who I. When I was watching the game live, that's who kept standing out just because of the spats. And he just looks like a, a legit linebacker you'd create on NCAA. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Tywin Wallace. Mm. He uh, 
he rocked the sleeve on one arm, which I always think just looks cool for a receiver. And he just he wears a uniform very well. But I think I'm giving him extra credit here, Kyle, because he wears this kind of undershirt, long sleeve shirt, and warm ups before the game. And you know, I guess his nickname in high school was Superman. And his brother was Batman, I guess. And yeah. on the back of his shirt, it has his number, and it says Superman on the back. That's a big flex to walk into a stadium like Texas trying to call yourself Superman. Yeah. But if anyone backs that nickname up, it's Tylen Wallace. That catch he had where he oh, adjusted in the air. Yeah, it was like, sick. You have to really be good to go by Superman. He's like one of the few people who can actually go by that, and no one's going to like challenge him on it. I, so I... I thought Tylen looked great. Carson, I thought that catch, I mean, it, it, it got buried because there's just, there's so much going on. I thought that was as good a catch as he's made maybe ever, but, but certainly this year, I mean, to have two guys draped on him, Sanders, I don't know if he threw it there on purpose, but it was kind of like, I don't know if you call that behind him or out in front of him, but he had to reach for it. That was an unbelievable catch. Yeah, it was it was an NFL catch, is what it was. It was some of the, you watch the NFL on Sunday; these guys make just catches that don't seem possible, and that's what that looked like. Uh, speaking of uniforms, speaking of flexes, uh, I got to mention this: Mike Holder was wearing a Mesa Vista hat for the second straight week. Mesa Vista is Boone Pickens Ranch out in West Texas, sixty-five thousand acres. Uh, it got talked about at his uh, at his services last week at, at the funeral that I that I went to, and. Uh, People, you know, just rave about it. I thought that was a mega flex from Holder to wear the the Mesa Vista hat. Uh, he wore it at the Tulsa game and then again at the Texas game. And he's he's over on the side. I I love this. He was over on the sideline hollering, trying to get flags for late hits on Sanders. He's he was locked in on Saturday. <laughs> thought that was that's good. fantastic. Uh, okay, Carson, I mentioned earlier Mid First uh, Bank, midfirst.com slash pistols firing. They, uh, through the end of this month, or excuse me, through the end of next month, uh, through October 31st, uh, are giving away what's called the ultimate game day experience. You don't have to do anything to enter other than uh, swipe your debit or credit card. Uh, Each swipe of your OSU credit or debit card is another entry into the ultimate game day experience. Carson, they're giving away two VIP tickets to an OSU game in November. They're also giving away $500 in cash. So uh, pretty cool uh, promotion that MidFirst has uh, going on right now for uh, for debit for excuse me debit and credit card uh, users, big time, love it. Yeah, I know November could be fun if uh, if it goes like it's going right now for for Oklahoma State if they keep playing uh, at, at the level that we think they can play at anyway. Um, okay, we got bullets and BBs. You want to go first? Yeah, I'm going to give a, a BB to. Um, how are we phrasing this? I'm giving a BB, but a BB sticker. We'll we'll, we'll do stickers because we can't okay. give we can't give bullets away. That sounds no. just awful. I gave Jelani a bullet last week, and it sounded like I was like you know trying to put a warrant out for him or something. <laughs> so yeah, bullet, a BB sticker and a bullet sticker. Yeah, BB for the offensive line. I, I just didn't think they played well. And look, it's it's nothing new against Texas. They're always going to have. You know the advantage, so to speak, on on the both fronts, defensive and offensive. But um, you know, Mike Gundy ch- obviously challenged them and said, "We're running these plays." Like when they get the call in from the sideline, and <laughs> you're running goal line on fourth and one, that's a that's a challenge to them. And I just I didn't think they played that great. So all the offensive line and 
And again, I, I thought the offensive line was put in some, some tough situations where they were obvious situations where the defense could just tee off on them. I didn't yeah. think, I didn't think they were helped out by their coaching staff either. So I don't want to put it all on them, but I'll, I'll go with the offensive line. I'll give a BB sticker to Dylan Stoner. Uh, just, I don't know. He had that bad drop in the first half. I, it feels like he should be like the number three option on offense. And I just don't know that he is. I mean, I guess he is. I feel like every time I look up, he's catching a ball inside the 10 on punts. I, I, I don't know. I, I, it, it seems like he should have evolved into being a more dynamic player in his 17th year of college. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I didn't think he had his best game on Saturday. Well, remember, we thought coming into last season, he was going to lead them in receiving. He just hasn't quite, obviously, Tylen took off and he just hasn't quite made that leap from role player to primetime player. Yep. And that's kind of what you want to see. I mean, he, he gets open. I mean, I thought he had some nice plays against Texas. Uh, he had another drop, which I thought the defensive back made a really good play. It kind of reminded me of the of the Justin Gilbert drop I kn- in Bedlam. I knew you were going to say that. I knew that. Which was I know, funny. hashtag too soon, I understand. But, like, he had the catch made, and the guy just did a really good job of stripping him. But that's... That's the second time he's been stripped for a fumble or a, a drop this time, but a fumble against McNeese. So no, I I'm waiting for him to make the leap, and he just he hasn't quite done it yet. And I think that's we we've talked a lot on this pod about you know there's Chuba and there's Tywin. Who's going to be the next option? I think it I think it needs to be Stoner. As much as I like Jordan McRae, as much as I like C.J. Moore's potential, I think Stoner's got to step up and, and start making some bigger plays. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, for my. My bullet helmet sticker goes to Spencer Sanders. I mean, I, I think you have to give it to him. He was the best player on the field. He reminds me so much of like Russell Wilson, and it's it's ironic that he wears number three, the same number as Russell Wilson. They're similar stature, similar running ability. I mean, look, they look like running backs when they take off. And he has the arm, too, that, that separates Russell Wilson and the quarterback that he is. So I... To me, that he delivered on all the accolades in, in, in spades. And I, again, I loved what he said afterwards. He said, "If you want to put this on anybody, put it on me." He he's spoken like a true veteran already as a redshirt freshman making his fourth career start. So I, I, I could not have been more impressed. Did he have that interception uh, early in the game? Yes, but I thought he rebounded nicely. Yeah, uh, my bullet sticker goes to uh, Colby Harvell Peel. Uh, nine tackles, six solo tackles, an interception, a fumble recovery a forced fumble. He was all over the place. And I think in games like that against Texas, who's got, you know, four and five star guys all over the field, it, it, um, it, it sort of shines a spotlight on your guys that are, that are like mega talented, that are like big time players. And I thought Peel, I I thought he fit in, in the game. Like, I I don't think he, uh, he, the, the game, the moment, everything, it wasn't, it wasn't too big for him. And and he, uh, he had a great game. Again, I, I just love his reactions. But uh, I think you have to give uh, the assist to Rodarius Williams, who tipped the pass. Yeah, for sure. Give, for sure. You feel the interception. I thought Rodarius made a great break on that ball. So, yeah. again, I thought the defense made enough plays to, to keep them in it and eventually win the game. Just the offense couldn't get it done. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Oklahoma State, I can't remember the exact number. It's something like. I think they're 51 and seven now in the Gundy era when they turn teams over three or more times. Uh, so Texas had three turnovers. This is just the seventh game that Oklahoma State's lost in the Gundy era. 
uh, when they turn his team over three, three or more times. I should have saved that for one interesting thing, which is coming up right after we hear from Chris's University Spirit one more time. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, I, I kind of just uh, gave away my one interesting thing, but uh, what do you have uh, to close this out? Yeah, this is a, just an odd, you know, as successful as, as Mike Gundy's been in the Big 12, this is just an odd statistic. He's now 7-8 and eight in Big 12 openers, losing record. Um, why do we think that is? I mean, do we think it's because their non-conference is typically pretty soft and they're not quite ready for the physicality? Is it... Uh, conservatism from the coaching staff. Why do you think they're seven and eight thus far uh, under Gundy and Big Twelve openers? I I don't know, man. Like, and they haven't discriminated, right? They've lost to Baylor. They've lost to West Virginia. They've lost to Texas twice. They've lost to Texas Tech. I mean, it's not like it's not like there. Somebody mentioned this that uh, Oklahoma State should petition to play at OU every first big 12 game because they said i mean if you're gonna lose one anyway like you might as well make it the other one that you lose and 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 that's been that's been a weird thing they've lost kind of like the first one and the last one in terms of conference play uh that those have been like their most common losses in the big 12 over the last decade uh because ou's usually last and they haven't played well in the first i mean if you look at so gundy since 2004 Actually, let's do since uh, 2010 because that would be. Well, they need a they need a petition to get A and M back in the conference because he won like his first four or five beating up on A and M. So it, since 2000, we'll do since 2012. So they've lost six of eight uh, Big 12 openers. So they're two and six in Big 12 uh, openers, but overall. They're 39 and 25, which is 61%. They've won 61% of the time. So what is that? 37 and they're 37 and 19 in non openers and two and six in openers in the big 12. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's weird. And I will give Gundy a little bit of benefit of the doubt in that he's had a lot of new coaches over the, over the course of that time. I mean, he's had to replace a lot of coaches, be it offensive line, be it offensive coordinator, um, I guess Yursich was there four or five years, but prior to that, so maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. I just, you mentioned the 2016 Baylor game and how it was similar. I just, I don't know. It just, it's, it's a weird statistic for a guy who's been successful as he is. It's just that, that was my interesting, my one interesting thing. I, I agree. I, I do think that Oklahoma state has a real opportunity though to go. So they've got, uh, let me pull up the schedule here. They got K state at home this weekend. And then you go Tech at Tech. Tech doesn't seem to be that good. Then you got Baylor at home. So those, those just seem like three. I mean, if Sanders is who we think he is, and I, and we're, we're fairly confident that he is, those just seem like three pretty winnable games. And, and I think this team – I just think this team's going to be different than last year. And I might be wrong about that. That might be dumb. Like I might look back on that statement at in six weeks and say, well, you're a moron. 
but I think that they're just going to beat, I think they're going to beat teams they should beat. And then I think they're going to probably lose to OU and maybe lose to another team and go nine and three and, you know, play in the Alamo bowl. I think that's just kind of who they are based on uh, the first third of the year being in the books. Oh dear. Oh dear. Breaking news. Oh my. What happened? Um, on the big 12, what in the world is this? Uh, <laughs> on the big 12 call, Mike Gundy just called a sports writer jackasses like you in reference to a question about the rumor that Boone Pickens left him a gift card for a haircut. He preferred not to dishonor Pickens' memory. Really as angry as I've ever heard Mike since 2007, I mean. That's from, that's from John Hoover. He tweeted that. You know, sometimes on these conference calls, people get the number and do, like, crank calls. Clearly, that's what that was. I mean, that, that's, there's no way a sports writer asked him that that question. Wow. But Gundy just blasted somebody on the on the conference call. So I can't wait to pull the audio of that and put it on the website. Um, um, well, is that how we should end the podcast? Um, wow. Um, uh, no, I don't think we should end it that way. Uh, one thing I want to touch on maybe on the next pod, we can probably save it for next podcast is the fact that this OSU K state games on ESPN plus, we haven't really talked about that yet. Yeah, but uh, I definitely want to dive into that in more detail. Yeah, and I think people are are frustrated. I think Oklahoma State's frustrated because I don't think that they. I think they were aware that this could happen, but I don't think they thought it would happen. And so, their messaging to fans throughout the summer and into the fall uh, was they didn't say it wouldn't happen, but they didn't really say that it would. And because, and, and that's not on them. I think that's on like the big 12 ESPN, whatever. I think it's kind of out of their hands. Um, so yeah, I think people are frustrated and I think that's fair. I think Oklahoma state's probably a little bit frustrated that of course, Mike Gundy's like, just come to the game. That's better for me anyway. So yeah, I don't know. That's kind of a, that's kind of an interesting, uh, pretty nuanced deal to, that we can dive into. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to do that. Let's yep. let's uh, chat next week or what is that Wednesday? Yep, later on this week we'll have uh, we'll have K State preview, we'll have Uni preview for the weekend, and uh, we'll talk a little ESPN Plus. Um, okay, Carson, glad you're back. Glad you had a good trip, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. See ya. Okay.